Welcome to this election season episode of the Peak City Podcast. I'm Shane Reese. Campaigns for Apex Town Council are underway with early voting beginning on October 19th at the Wake County Board of Elections, October 28th at the John Brown Center here in Apex, and Election Day is on November 7th. The town of Apex has a mayor and five council members with four-year terms for each seat. Council elections are staggered every two years. This year, the mayor's office and two council seats are up for election. Five council seats are currently running for two open seats, and we've invited all of them as guests of the podcast. Each candidate will be asked identical questions, and we'll do our best to give each candidate equal time. We're asking candidates to speak to their strengths, explain why folks should vote for them, and we're refrain from attacking opponents or their platforms. We're joined right now by Dylan Hale. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Shane. I'm happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're running for town council and the specific ideas that make up your platform. Sure. So a little bit about me. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, served in Desert Storm many years ago. I moved here to Apex 13 years ago. It's been a great place to raise our two boys. We've got a 21-year-old who has recently moved to Asheville. He should be a senior at state, but he's got a co-op program. He's going to work in Asheville for a year with GE, and then he'll come back and finish up his aerospace engineering degree, believe it or not, next year. I've got a 13-year-old as well who's been here his entire life. And like I said, Apex has been a great place for us. We've thoroughly enjoyed raising our family here and we love it. Like, so we've been here for 13 years and it's been wonderful. My main concerns for Apex right now is the unchecked growth. I've been out knocking on doors, talking to residents of Apex for the last several months. The two things that people are concerned about are traffic and growth. And those are obviously intertwined. For me, I'm not going to approve any further developments in Apex unless we've got the roads to support those developments. Now, if we go to the builders and they come in and say, hey, we want to build 400 new high-density homes in this area, great. Will the roads support it? Let's see what the DOT says. If the DOT says we need a four-lane road to support this development, then we'll take that to the builders and say, hey, you have an option. You cannot build or you can put this road in. We're not going to accept a turn lane or something that's less than the DOT standards. Growth is one of the things. I know that we can't stop it. I'm not interested in stopping it. But what I'm not going to do is continue to sacrifice quality of life for current Apex residents so that we can build homes for people who don't live here yet, if that makes sense. Taxes, I'm going to vote no on tax increases. There's been a 12.8% tax increase in the last two years. We're expected to have more. I will vote no on tax increases, and I will fund the heck out of the police. Our police department is understaffed currently, and I think we need about 10 new cops from my discussions with the cops. So, you know, we've got the money sitting there in our operational fund that will pay for those cops easily. Let's put them on the books, get them trained so we're ready for this changing community that we have coming. It's always a top priority to ensure infrastructure, like you just talked about, like roads and schools, that they keep up with a rapidly growing town. And yet the council is limited in directly solving these challenges because they're overseen by the county, state, or federal government. You talked a little bit about working with the DOT as a point of reference regarding schools. The county can only build those and the state DOT can install new traffic lights. If you're elected to the town council, what's your overall view on the best way to coordinate with other government entities to make progress on these important infrastructure projects? Shane, as you know, I'm not currently on town council. So this is going to be one of those issues where I've kind of got to get in the fight before I can really 
lay out a real specific battle plan as far as how we coordinate and how we interact with these entities that currently I have no experience, no history of working with. So, you know, I'm very easy to work with. I'm in real estate that helps me with negotiations, things of that nature. I've been doing it at a high level for 12 years now, and I don't foresee any problems in that area. I'd love to see what options are available and uh, coordinate something that, that's mutually beneficial for all parties uh, with the residents of Apex at the forefront. Over the next six months or so, the town will update long-range transportation and land use plans for the western Big Branch area in the southwest part of town. It's bordered by US-1, I-540, and old US-1, an area that's historically part of the Friendship and New Hill communities. Town staff have held public input sessions and final proposals will likely be brought before the council for approval next spring. What are your thoughts about growth and the development in the Western Big Branch area? And what would you like to see prioritized in the plan? I think we need amenities down there for the residents of, of that area. You know, there's a lot of people down there that have moved into this area, you know, the Southwestern Apex region. And they were promised, hey, there, there's stores coming, there's restaurants coming, things of that nature. I'd like to see more businesses invested in that area. That way we can broaden our tax base and maybe ease the tax burden on our citizens. Lots of folks find Apex as a great place to be, but many of our teachers, firefighters, police officers, and other town employees who work here are having trouble finding places to live or they're getting priced out altogether. We hear about teachers teaching in Apex, but living in Sanford. What's your view on how to tackle these issues that are likely broader than just this municipality? Sure. Yeah, I've got some great views on that. And I definitely understand the concern for our workforce housing, as in teachers, firemen, cops, EMTs, people that are vital members of the community that really are being priced out in Apex. And there's really nothing that we can do to stop the price increase. You know, when you talk about like income controlled housing, things of that nature, affordable housing, that's a real tough animal. But what I would love to see is some type of a tax credit or subsidy in, in some way. And I don't know exactly the particulars on this. We'll have to get down in, into the budget and look at what makes sense. How can we support these people? But I'm 100% in favor of doing something that enables teachers, cops, firefighters, EMTs, those first responders that want to serve Apex. I would love them to be able to live in this community. And this is a bigger problem as well. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Wake County does an assessment on taxes. Typically, every eight years, they've moved to a four-year cycle, and it's coming up the first part of next year. It starts in January. So if you live in Apex right now and you've got a home that your tax value is $450,000, that's going up. I mean, it's going to go up from a $450,000 house four years ago. It's probably seven hundred dollars right now. So you know, a lot of these people living on fixed incomes, and this goes for retirees as well. I, I would want to extend some type of a credit to our elderly and our retirees to say, hey, we don't want you to get priced out, out of this community. You know, if you've lived here for 20 years in Apex or, or even for generations, some of these people, I hate to see them unable to stay in their homes if they're on a fixed income because of tax increases, again, from the town. I don't want to raise taxes anymore. And we're not going to be able to stop this thing with Wake County. There's nothing you can do about the tax value of your home. They come out and do an assessment. That's how much you pay taxes on. And if that's going up 40% in most cases, I don't want to see anything piled on top of that as in a tax rate increase from our town of Apex. And again, let's make sure that we're taking care of those first responders, 
the teachers, the people that we really need to have here in Apex. I understand that some people are going to have to drive. That's just the nature of things. You know, if you look at any high-priced area for real estate, I mean, I can't afford to live everywhere that I would choose to live. Not that I would want to live at the top of the tower in New York City, but if I did, I can't afford it. There's a lot of people that drive into Apex because there are opportunities here, and we're not going to be able to solve that entirely. There's some areas are just more expensive to live in than others, and that's just the way that it is. But like I said, I would definitely like to support those people that are vital to our community. The council unanimously adopted a downtown plan in 2019 after months of input from the community and much of that progress was delayed during the pandemic. But with city centers like Sweetwater underway and Viridia on the way, people will have a growing number of options for walkable hubs and restaurants, shops, and other attractions outside of the historic downtown district. From your perspective, what roles do these city centers play in coming years, whether it's economic development or cultural hubs? And where does the downtown plan land on your priority list? Well, as far as the role of these city centers, you'd be hard-pressed to find any resident in Apex who doesn't love and want to protect downtown Apex. And we've got, I think, some different views in how that should look. You know, there's been talk about getting rid of the on-street parking. Most of the merchants down there don't support it. I've listened to them. I've also listened to other people that say, hey, it's not that many parking spots that we'd be giving up. And we'd like to expand it. So, you know, it's certainly a complicated issue. I think that the main thing really is protecting the small town feel of downtown Apex. I don't want to see big buildings come in there, although I do think we need a parking garage. I think that would help a lot in downtown if we could get a parking garage set up in there. Let's set some limits on how high we're going to build and, and let's make sure that we're favoring local independent businesses rather than saying, oh, okay, great. You've got an Olive Garden. Awesome. Sure. Put that on the corner in downtown. That's, I don't think that that's the look that we want to achieve. There are five candidates running for two seats, as we said earlier, which means three candidates won't serve on the council this cycle. If you're not selected, how do you plan on staying involved in town activities? Well, whether I win or whether I lose, I'm going to take a break from all town activities for probably about two weeks when this election's over. I'm, I'm looking forward to after the next month of working my tail off between my real estate business and this campaign trail, I'm heading to the beach for a week. So I'm going to disconnect for a little bit. As far as what I'll do if I don't get elected, you know, my wife and I have been advocates for the town for many years. She ran for office two years ago. We've stayed active in local town issues. We're active in philanthropy and, and many different facets in our town and, and beyond just the town of Apex. But, you know, we will still be active and involved members of the community. Will I be sitting down doing the job of being on town council, pouring over all of the proposals that, that would come in front of me if I'm on town council? No, I won't. You know, that, that's certainly not the role I would take. I'm not going to micromanage. And if I don't win, I'm going to be behind the town to have a great version of Apex, whether that's my version or whether it's a version that's absent of my input. In an entirely different scenario, if you are elected, it's possible you'd be working with council members who see things very differently from you. In that case, how do you plan on building bridges and collaborating with your colleagues? I figured we would probably just thumb wrestle and see who wins, and then that would be you know, a good way to, to work it out. So now, honestly, working with other members of town council, I know that during the campaign, things can be kind of contentious and because, you know, there's five of us and we're all vying for two spots. But I can tell you, again, from my experience in real estate, 
I've had plenty of transactions, many of them where there's some animosity even, uh, it feels like anyway, between the agents that are involved in the transaction of which I'm one. And at the end of the day, we're both trying to get something done. They have a buyer or a seller that wants to complete a real estate transaction. And I have the same. So there's a lot of people with vested interest in making these things go down. And sometimes we butt heads. Again, the buyers want one thing and the sellers don't always want to give that one thing. So sometimes it can get contentious between the agents that are involved. I've learned pretty quickly that you know whatever happens over a phone call when we're negotiating terms, it's easy to put that stuff behind you and just get to work and accomplish our common goals of getting both of our clients what they want, which in, in almost every case is, is a successful transaction. So, you know, my experience there, I don't anticipate that being any different than being on town council. If I'm elected to town council with one of the other representatives that has different views, we're going to work together in a terrific fashion. I'm sure that there might be some times during our meetings where we get heated and that's okay. I mean, most successful marriages have a few moments where they get heated, but you keep it together and you work towards the common good. And I think as long as we're doing that with the people of Apex in mind, then everything will be great. Before we wrap up, give us your closing statements and where can folks find out more information about you and your campaign? Sure. They can go to hailforapex.com if you like. That's the place to go to see videos that I put out, to see my platform, things of that nature. And the main reason I'm running, you know, we've talked about growth of the town, taxes and funding the police. Those are three issues that are central to my campaign. Beyond that, the real issue for me is that town council is a four-year term. And Shane, you've been paying attention to the world for the last three years, I'm sure. It's a little crazy right now. We've had some real tough decisions. If you rewind to 2020, right? This has been a tough three years with some tough decisions that we've had to make in our local and state and federal governments. And right now, we've got a town council and a mayor who are all registered Democrats. Now, I'm a registered Republican. I'm more conservative on fiscal issues. I'm more moderate on social issues. I feel like that we need some balance on our council. I personally would not feel comfortable at all, if we had a U.S. Congress that was all Democrat or all Republican for that matter, I feel like we've got to have representation for the moderates and for the conservatives of our town. And right now we have none. So I'll bring that voice to town council. And I think it's good to have some voice of reason, some voice of opposition when we're talking about things that are going to affect every member of our town. And right now we just don't have that. So that's my main purpose of running for town council is to bring representation to the moderates and the conservatives who are currently unrepresented. We've been speaking today with Dylan Hale, who's running for town council. Thank you for your time today. It was my pleasure. Enjoy it, Shane. This is a special episode of the Peak City Podcast brought to you by Keller Williams Legacy in Beaver Creek. Be sure to check out the entire series of candidate interviews. Make sure to cast your vote during the early voting period or on election day, Tuesday, November 7th. Thanks for listening. We'll see you around town. 